From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WisPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R. Welcome to Capital Notes. Hey, thanks for having me. We'll be judicious with the questions and answers today. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So we've got the big state Supreme Court race happening tomorrow. Since launching their campaigns, liberal-backed Judge Janet Protosiewicz has outraised conservative-backed former Justice Daniel Kelly 5-1. to What does this mean for the race? Well, it's part of a bigger picture of how much spending is going on this campaign. Um, I've been tracking, you know, um, TV buys, independent expenditure reports, what the campaigns reported raising to the state, um... Other things have come across my desk, and I'm about $45 million that's been spent or committed to be spent in this race overall. I, that includes the primary and everything else. Of that, about, oh, $24 million and change is kind of on the pro-pro-to-say-which side, about $19 million-ish on the pro-Kelly side. And one, the number is staggering, right? The previous national record for a Supreme Court race was $15 million in 2004. We have now tripled that. And this is what I can see. I mean, keep in mind, you know, there are ads that you have to report to the state when you do them. If you do a, they call express advocacy, vote for, vote against, um, support, oppose, the magic words they call them. You file an independent expenditure report, details the expenditure and what you're doing with it. But if you do an issue ad, these are the things that say, you know, J.R. Ross is a bad person, call him and tell him what a bad person he is. Those ads aren't reported to anybody. So if it's on TV, I can, you know, see those reports and, kind of factor them into my tally. But if it's on digital, those are very hard to track. And I've had sources tell me that they think there could be 5, 10, 15 million more in spending on those digital ads than what I'm seeing and tabulating. So we're talking a 50, 60 million dollar Supreme Court race. That is mind blowing. Remember though, it, it is partly about what's at stake here in Wisconsin, which, you know, stakes are pretty high. An 1849 abortion ban, uh, the legislative maps, but it's not just about that. It's about who's going to be on that court next fall if there is a legal challenge filed to the 2024 presidential results in Wisconsin. We had one in 2020. It was rejected 4-3 by the court. There's a lot at stake in what's going on here because, remember, in the presidential races anymore, there are really four, maybe five true swing states. We are one of them. There's going to be an intense amount of intention on Wisconsin uh, going through next fall. And so the stakes are high. You're seeing groups that are playing here in the Supreme Court race. They don't normally play in a Supreme Court race. And my impression is they are, one, trotting out new ways to contact voters in Wisconsin as a dry run for next fall. And two, they want to know who's going to be on that court in November of 2024, just in case of a lawsuit about the presidential race. Well, this colossal amount of money, a lot of it has come from outside Wisconsin. A lot of it has come from very wealthy people. And some people say it's a tragedy for public participation and self-governance. People like Matt Matt Rothschild, who is the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, which is a nonpartisan organization that tracks money in politics. What do you say to worries like that? Well, you know, the reality is this is the way the game is played now. And quite frankly, Democrats have perfected the way it's being played. Uh, so be, hold on, go with me for a second here. Yes, Protestant which and her allies are spending more than the liberals or the conservatives overall. 
But if you just narrow it down the last week of the race, the conservative side is actually spending more money on TV than the liberal side. That's not what matters, though. It's the points. The points are like how often you see an ad, essentially. And Protosay, which has more points on the air around Wisconsin the final week than the conservative side combined. That's important because four years ago, we saw uh, a race for Supreme Court where a conservative underdog, Brian Hagedorn, um, rode a late wave of money and enthusiasm to an upset win. Uh, at the time, Democrats realized they were caught flat-footed by what happened there late. Uh, the candidate, Lisa Neubauer, didn't really give Democrats a real reason to get excited about that race. She was running kind of a traditional campaign focused on her experience and her endorsements. They weren't ready for a late surge of money. Well, now they've made sure they're not going to be caught flat-footed about late money. Portisay, which has inoculated herself from being swamped on the airways, now, doesn't mean she won't lose, but money-wise, she's inoculated herself, and it's all because of how smartly liberals have spent their money. If you track the donations like I have, the money from these big donors is going to the state party, the uh, Democratic Party of Wisconsin. That party is then transferring money to Protosay, which because state law says there is no cap on the size of the donation to a state party and no limit on how much you can transfer to a candidate. So you transfer that money, you know, big donor, state party, candidate, the candidate gets a better rate on TV ads than an independent group does. Look at the Republican side, and you know, there's big donors giving money to groups. It's not going into the Kelly campaign directly then. That means that groups are spending more money for fewer ads compared to Protosay, which it's why she's able to kind of keep the edge on the airwaves in that last week. And, you know, I get the concerns about the amount of money being spent, but this is a reality of what's going on. And if you talk to conservatives, they'll tell you that they have the late to this game. They will tip their hat to Democrats and how great a machine they've built in terms of uh, money and how it's being spent wisely. And say so they've got to match that going forward because this is the new reality for Supreme Court race. Now, not, not every race is going to be like this in terms of like what's at stake. Although, if, 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 right, per se, which wins, liberals flip control of the court in 2025, you'd have another race, again, for control because liberal Ann Walsh Bradley's seat would be up. So it's not going to be like this every time, but this could be the new reality for Wisconsin when it comes to an elected judiciary with big stakes in control of the court on the ballot. And why do you think Democrats have had that edge in organizing over Republicans? It's been a combination of things. One, um, Ben Wickler is a state party chair for Democrats. He came into that office having worked for MoveOn.org. It gave him national connections to donors and, and people who are interested in these kinds of things. People will tell you that if you are a political party, it's easier to raise money when you have the governor's office. So Wickler and Tony Evers have been a great fundraising team. And then you add in the stakes for Wisconsin every cycle, it seems like, right? When we, I think every race we talk about Wisconsin is the most important of our lifetime, right? You hear that phrase all the time. It's because Wisconsin is perpetually important. It is, again, one of the few states that matter, truly matter, in presidential races. And so, you know, national people look and go, hey, that state matters. We have to be organized there. The party has to be well-funded. we got to be prepared. And so Wicklers have those connections, Evers can pick up the phone and call donors and help raise money for the party. And national people and left get the idea, okay, this is important. On the Republican side, you know, the state GOP just went to a full-time chair in December. Uh, Brian Chimmy's still kind of getting his feet under him as a, a full-time fundraiser. Uh, they have had big, big donors before. Scott Walker, when he was governor, was really, really good at getting people outside of Wisconsin to be invested in the state. 
but he's no longer in office anymore. The people like Ron Johnson is not known as a strong fundraiser other than, you know, when he's on the ballot. So he helps the party a little bit, but he's not, you know, as invested as Tony Evers is. Members of congressional delegation, Republicans, are the same way. They're, they've got some decent fundraisers, but nobody who can draw the attention that Evers can. So they just have a number of things working against them, and they, they've got to figure out a way to turn that around. They're going to keep getting outspent by Democrats and these, these big-ticket donors. And of course, in a race like this one for the state Supreme Court, the appeal of the candidates themselves is important. But you said that Protosewitz has more ads on air and is not going to be outspent at the end or swamped on the airwaves. How is spending tied to outcome in those types of races? Have you ever seen big surprises when someone who is significantly overspent still won? Yeah, I mean, uh, 2019, Brian Hagedorn, he was outspent, he won. But now, again, there was late money that helped him kind of take the lead at the end, right? So, but overall in that campaign, Lisa Neubauer had raised more money than Hagedorn did. So it it's happened before. Look, you know, Scott Walker raised more than Tony Evers in 2018. Now, adding the outside groups, you know, it's a different picture, but um, it's, not un, it's not like it doesn't happen. The thing is, when I'm looking at this race and talking to people, there's a sense that, okay, which has some kind of a lead. You know, where is it exactly? Not sure. Uh, but it's some kind of an edge. The question is, are we going to see a surge on the liberal side, college kids turning out to vote, core constituencies getting jazzed up to the polls, or might we see a surge on the conservative side? You know, people say, hey, this is, this really is striking a chord with me. I got to get there and vote. Because if it, the surge is on the right, okay, we can get a nail-biter race, even a, a Kelly win. If the surge is on the, on the left, then ProSearch probably wins comfortably. And I stress probably because we're trying to read the tea leaves. Polling in November, as hard as it is, it's really difficult in April. You know, we look at like absentee ballot requests. And I can tell you that, you know, as of late last week, um, there have been like 470 some thousand absentee ballots requested. The share for Milwaukee and Dane counties, traditionally pretty Democratic counties, right, was higher than what we saw at the same point in the no- ahead of the November election. But we don't know who's voting, right? Because we don't do voter registration by party. So we're just kind of assuming that, okay, County X votes a certain way. So it's probably good news for Democrats if it's got a bigger share of the vote than it usually does. But we'll see. I mean, we're, we're all going to be tuned in Tuesday night to figure out just what's going on in this race and, and where the turnout is going to be high. Are you expecting a traditional urban-rural divide with this race? Like, what should we know about demographic trends when it comes to this election? Excellent question. Um, one thing I've known talking to people is that um, Daniel Kelly's got to hit a decent number like in Waukesha County. Let's just look at that, for example. Um, Brian Hagedorn, four years ago, got to 69% he was in Waukesha County and eked out a win. That was kind of a more traditional coalition. Things have changed a lot since then in Wisconsin, right? The, the coalitions we have for races. Okay, 2022, Ron Johnson won statewide by one point as he won Waukesha County with, with 63% of the vote. Tim Michaels lost statewide by 3.4 percentage points, getting less than 60% of the vote. So where is Kelly going to be there on Tuesday? Is he going to get the Ron Johnson number or Tim Michaels number, or even better than both of them? Likewise, what happens in Dane County? That county is getting bigger and bluer, it seems like, every cycle. If, you know, Protestant comes out of there with 80% plus of the vote, which is not out-of-the-pot realm possibilities, that's a huge hurdle overcome for a Republican. Now, it's not so you can't do it, but it makes the math more difficult. So you just got to watch these places. 
how is it going Dane County? The, the Bow counties, we call them, you know, Brown, Outagamie, um, Winnebago, the Wow counties, Waukesha, Zaki, Washington, Milwaukee County. I mean, you're looking at these things to see how the, the puzzle fits together and how the numbers do and, and figure out who, how it's going for somebody. Kelly and Protosiewicz were both campaigning up through this weekend. What does that tell you about optimism on both sides? And do you have anything else to add on that topic? No, you just got to run through the tape. And both of them are going to do that. I know Protosiewicz was under the weather a bit late last week. Um, kind of had to set up part of a forum, she, virtual forum she participated in. But you're just you're trying to find everybody you can. At this point, that's somebody told me last week. All the missiles have been fired at this point. You've spent most of your money. You've done everything you do. You've made all the phone calls, run all the ads. You can't change much anymore. In the last few days of a campaign, it's hard to really change a trajectory. Now, is there going to be an April surprise? Donald Trump's getting indicted uh, or turning itself in on Tuesday, right? Is that going to matter? Might that jazz up his supporters? Might it depress them? Who knows, right? <laughs> We're not used to things like this happening in an election period, let alone an April one. So you're just at this point, you've gone through so much, so many ads, so many dollars, so many door knocks. You're just trying to figure out, okay, what's going to you know drive this thing home and make it in, just over, the, over the finish line? Is there anything that sort of stands out to you, whether it's ads or the one debate the candidates had or developments in the past few weeks that you think really most sheds light on where this race is at? It's probably, you know, the the financial the finances of this race, you know, just the advantage of Pro Se, which has had, it, it's an indication that the liberal side got engaged earlier and it was more organized in how it spent its money than the conservative side. I mean, I'm seeing in the last week or so, you know, stories that are kind of sympathetic to Kelly in like Fox News or the Wall Street Journal opinion page. Like they're just now kind of waking up to this race, whereas the liberal side was engaged, you know, several months ago. It's just a, a sign that the liberals got there earlier to being fully engaged. But can there be a late surge for conservatives to kind of pull them even or even pull ahead a little bit? All right. Well, again, thanks for the insights, JR. And thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. That was J.R. Ross of WizPolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect. And check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.